to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Hiding in Plain Sight, the Infiltration of Satanic Values. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And today is Tuesday, November 1st in the year 2022. We just got through a month long of sacrifice worship by the occult. And so I figured it's time to get a little bit of insight into kind of their depth of what they're doing. So we're going to take a little road trip down history today, and we're going to end our road trip in Portland, Oregon, which I think you'll find interesting. So Patriots, before we begin, make sure you're taking great care of your sleep. This is a really important time to get plenty of sleep. And we know what we need for that, right? We need good pillows. We need good sheets. You need good mattresses. And the best place you're going to get those at the best price with the best company in America is going to be MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com forward slash bars is the Bars Nation's landing page. And there you're going to find all the great products that you need to ensure a good night's sleep. And you're going to get great value and great savings when you use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, B-A-R-D-S. And I bet you could never have guessed that. MyPillow.com's products are of exceptional value. Their sheets are amazing. The Giza cotton sheets are like to die for. And take it from a guy who just spent six weeks on the road at another two weeks down in Yuba City. That's eight weeks in the hotels. And I will tell you, there is nothing like the MyPillow pillow or the MyPillow sheets. It's, they're the best. So check it out, mypillow.com forward slash bards, promo code bards. And if you want to speak to a real Patriot pillow counselor, call 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939. Best thing about MyPillow is every dollar you spend goes to fighting this fight to save America and return it back to liberty. That's the way Mike runs his company. So again, mypillow.com forward slash bards, promo code bards. Now, Patriots, there's a character in our that comes up in our discussions that we probably don't give enough emphasis to. And it's not something to brush over lightly. His original name was Edward Alexander Crowley, also known as Alistair Crowley. He was born 12 October, 1875, died on 1 December, 1947. He was an English occultist, ceremonial magician, poet, painter, novelist, and mountaineer. And he founded the religion of Thelema, which through that he's identified himself as a prophet entrusted with guiding humanity into the eon of Horus an early, in the early 20th century. So this is something that has influenced the occult massively. He's been basically their demigod, if you will, that they've built their entire religion around, and it's something worth noting. Little, I don't think people realize that the 
the Beatles, which um, obviously everybody knows their music, but the Beatles weren't originally known as the Beatles. I don't know if you knew this or not. Um, in the early phases, they were, and I'm checking their name again just to make sure I get it right, but they were known as the Quarrymen. And it was Aleister Crowley that gave them the name, name the Beatles after a ritual. And part of the reason that, Ale, that they gave him the name of the Beatles, and this relates right back to what Brad Cummings was talking about in the plagues last week, is that the Beatles, the Beatle was the god of creation in the time of the Egyptians. And the religion of Thelema is based on the Egyptian gods. So these are all these things interconnect, and it's really important to understand. So with that, as we before we move deeper into the occult, make sure you've got a good strategy to protect your home. You know how passionate I am about our Constitution, and especially the Second Amendment, but just as passionate about being responsible and protecting my family. I discovered the perfect way to train with your firearm in the comfort of your own home and continue to improve your skills. It's called iTarget Pro, and this system is a game changer for me. All I did was download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into my firearm, and start training. The system develops muscle memory, reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. Right now, save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to itargetpro.com. With the cost of ammo through the roof, this is the perfect solution for you. That's the letter itargetpro.com, itargetpro.com. The offer code is BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. This is something you definitely need. All right, so here's here's kind of where things start to pull together. So Crowley does a, a ritual to give the Beatles their name. They were the Quarrymen before that. And that was John Lennon's group. And the Beatles comes from the Egyptian god of the dung beetle, <laughs> which, sorry, makes me laugh because the Egyptians were all marveled at the dung beetle as the origins of creation. I do not want to be created from poop. But that's just mockery again, right? God creates men... And make, creates man from earth, and Satan creates. <laughs> so, this is so great. And so the Egyptians worship their god of creation that creates man and and that creates their people from poo because it's a dung beetle. Well, why not? That's exactly where I want to come from. My goodness gracious. But the thing is that what you can see that there is power in the occult, and I do mean this, and I'm not I'm not kidding. The power of the occult is to create these spells of magic. And part of their ritual sacrifice is they gain power through blood ritual, which usually entails sacrificing children. And look at what happens. He takes the quarrymen and he blesses them. And with that, this entire explosion of their music across the world. And that's not just because there's a network of occultists running the music industry, which there is. But it's also because people became enamored with this music. Remember, Satan was, he was a masterful musician. Music was his thing. And that's where the Beatles really dig in. And so, I mean, you see the front cover, by the way, of, of uh, I think it's Abbey Road. No, 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 it's not Abbey Road. It's Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Sergeant Pepper 
is a reference to Aleister Crowley. It's, and if you look at all the people that are in that, there's all sorts of crazy occultists and everything else in the picture of the album. There's even Charles Manson is in the picture of that album. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, Sergeant Pepper, again, is a tribute to Aleister Crowley. And Crowley would talk about salt and pepper, meaning salt is the light like God and pepper was his, he was the opposite. So that's where that name comes from. All right, so let's go back to Crowley a little bit. Um, Crowley, again, we said, was the, he was the founder of the religion of Thelema. Now let's talk about Thelema. Now Thelema is a Western esoteric and occult, they call it a social and spiritual philosophy and a new religious movement founded in the early 1900s and, of course, by Aleister Crowley. The, um, the word Thelema is an English translation from the Cohen Greek noun, which is essentially pronounced Thelema or will, from the, and, and it means to will, wish, want, or purpose. And adherents to Thelema are called Thelemites, and phenomena within the scope of Thelema are termed, termed a Thelemic, just so you can understand. They're a great little, this is, this is like progressive liberalism again. Like, there's my pronouns. I'm a Thelemite. I will be known as Thelemite, Thelemic, Thelemic. <laughs> Not me. I'm telling you right now. I better rebuke that one immediately. I rebuke anything I just said. Okay. Crowley wrote that in, in 1904, he had received a text or scripture called the Book of Law dictated to him by a potentially non-corporal entity called Iowas. Iowas. So Iowas is the name given to a voice that the English occultist and ceremonial magician Aleister Crowley reported to have heard on April 8th, 9th, and 10th in 1904. So, and this is, he's, he, it was his demon, basically, that had come to him and possessed him. The text was to serve as the foundation of the religious and philosophical system he'd later called Thelema. So what is the book of law? So the book of law is a central and sacred text, as we've already said, to Thelema. And it was dictated to him by this beyond human being called Awas. Through the reception of the book, Crowley proclaimed the arrival of a new stage in the spiritual evolution of humanity to be known as Eon of Horus. The primary precept of this new Aeon is the charge, do thou wilt shall be, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. This is really important to understand because this is the foundation of everything satanic. Do what thou wilt, meaning that you do as you will, you do as you want. You're not accountable because you're doing it as thou wilt, and that is the foundation of the whole law. This is so important to appreciate because this is at the core of progressive socialism. It's the, the core of, of transgenderism. It's at the core of everything you're witnessing right now. Do what thou wilt shall be the law, whole law of the law. So there's no accountability. The book contains three chapters, each of which was alleged to be written down in one hour, beginning at noon on 8 April 
8, 9 April, and 10 April in Cairo, Egypt in the year 1904. Crowley says that the author was an entity named Iwas, who was later referred to as his personal holy guardian angel. I think we would better term that as a satanic gift of Lucifer demon. Biographer Lawrence Sutton quotes private diaries that fit this story and writes that if ever Crowley uttered the truth of his relationship to the book, his public account accurately describes what he remembered on this point. Crowley himself wrote, certain very serious questions have arisen with regard to the method by which this book was obtained. I do not refer to those doubts real or pretend, which hostily engenders, for all such are dispelled by the study of the text. No forger could have prepared so complex a set of numerical and literal puzzles. The book is often referred to simply as Liber Al, Liber Legis, or just Al, A-L, though technically the the two letters referred only to the manuscript. And there's all sorts of Egyptian writing on the front. So this book, as we are told, then is the foundation of Thelema, the religion. Now, do thou what thou wilt is also a studio album that was put out by American rapper rapper Absol. It was released in December 9th of 2016 by Top Dog Entertainment, D-A-W-G. The record serves as to follow his previous studio effort these days. If that means anything to anybody, because I don't care. Now, in 2007, Absol signed a deal with Top Dog Entertainment. And so on goes his albums until finally, in December 2016, an interview with Hyperbeast Absol shared the title comes from the quote, from the English occultist Aleister Crowley. And he says, yeah, that is a famous quote from Mr. Crowley. To me, it translates to free will. Not necessarily do what you want to do, because that's kind of chaotic, but you do what you will, will to, which you are willed to do. Will being stronger than a, uh, than a want, something that's supported by love and passion. That's what the quote means to me. And you know, I'm a man of quotes. That's just one of those those things that reasoned with me the most. This is all Lucifer's hand tricks right here. Do what thou will is very attractive to a generation, especially a generation that was formed a great deal by the deconstructionist movement of the 60s, which we know as the hippie movement and the free love movement. All of that center point was do what thou wilt. And that is also at the core of much of the Beatles music, which was highly influential to a generation. And that means no accountability to God. And it's also not surprising that this album was done by a rapper. I find that there's no, we already know how rap is used for very many reasons of, for to create mind influence. It's the rhythmic beats. It's the constant pounding of, of words and, and kind of poetic rhyme. And the messages within there are typically very dark. Not all, because we have one of our own, Everin, who redefines rap music beautifully in a Christian genre. So, But it's very powerful. It's a very powerful genre of music. And we know that a lot of it 
um, has been used very darkly in all of this. Now, there is also what's called the Abbey of Thelema. The Abbey of Thelema is a small house which was used as a temple and spiritual center founded by Aleister Crowley in 1920. And this is in the village of Sicily, Italy. Italy. So the villa stands today, but in poor condition. And apparently there was a filmmaker, Kenneth Anger, himself, nice name, uh, himself a devotee of Crowley. (laughs) Why not? My last name would be Anger. How many people would keep that name? Hi, my name is Anger. So not one that I would, but you see how all this connects. This is part of what I want you to see is how all of these things end up interweaving and connecting and they're right in plain sight. Okay. And nobody's paying any attention to them because it's just, they're not advertising to us, but they're deeply understood and advertised by them. Now, the objective of this of this little abbey of Thelema in Sicily, Italy, was this. It was supposed to be an idealistic utopia, was to model, uh, it was the model of Crowley's commune, while also being a type of magical school, giving, giving it the destination of like a spiritual sanctum, a college towards the Holy Spirit. That's a lie. Holy Spirit is, in their terms, is straight up Satan. The general program was in line with the course of training and included daily adorations to the sun, a study of Crowley's writings, regular yogic and ritual practices, which were to be recorded, as well as general domestic labor. The object was for students to devote themselves to the great work of discovering the manuscript of their true will. The great work is a term used in uh, hermeticism and occult traditions descended from it, such as Thelema, according to the great work, symbolized by as the creation of the philosopher's stone, represents the culmination of the spiritual path of attaining, of attaining enlightenment. All of these things have become commonplace in the New Age movement, by the way. And as they are trying to manifest in their true will, True will is a term found within the mystical system of Thelema. It is defined either as a person's grand destiny in life or as a moment-to-moment path of action that operates in a perfect harmony with nature. True will does not spring from conscious intent, but from interplay between the deepest self and other spiritual influences. Hmm, quite interesting. So this journey then takes us, of all places, to today. And where does it take us to? Portland, Oregon. And here we go. You see, there's a neat little place up there called the Seket Mott Sanctuary. I want to tell you a little bit about Seket Mott Sanctuary. But I want to begin that by telling you a little bit about Seket Sekmet, which is, I said, Seket, it's Seket, which is also Sekhmet, another one of the goddesses of healing from, Egypt, from the Egyptian period. The cult of Sekhmet was, were magicians, sorcerers, and healers. They're renowned doctors of ancient Egypt. 
and here it comes, pharmacia spells of that even affect us today, which God directly addressed. And this piece here, if you remember, in Brad Cummings' breakdown last week of the plagues, which God directly addressed in the sixth plague of the boils, where Moses went to the ashes of the human sacrifice altar and threw them into the sky. Sekhmet is also one of their war gods who would bring fire against their enemies. And God was destroying Sekhmet, one of the gods, during that plague of the boils. He was humiliating him and showing to be nothing. Now, the second name in this little sanctuary is called Mat, M-A-T-T. Mat is the goddess of cosmic order under whose authority Pharaoh ruled. It was his job to bring order out of everything and keep all the other gods in order and things running smoothly. So that would lead us to the plague of darkness and ultimately the 10th plague of death that God did again to show that Pharaoh had no power. All of that was in last week's four-part series. Now, why do I bring your attention to Sekhmet Mat Sanctuary? Well, let's let's learn a little bit about it. This is participate, and this is what they say: participate in a religious community that affirms life and joy as the foundation of human experience. Sekhmet Mat's guiding principle is that of Thelema, or great will. The law, and listen to these words, the law of liberty, whose message is the glad tiding. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. This will is not the weakness of want, but the strength and discipline of expressing one's deepest essence. This expression appears as love, and so we say love is the law, love under will. One's own unique and perfect will is both the birthright and the duty of every person. We are all born free, independent, shining, glorious, each one a radiant world according to the law of liberty. Every man and every woman is a star. I just find these next things kind of interesting. Because it says this about their temple. Sekhmet Mat Sanctuary offers religious services to the people of Portland on behalf of the Gnostic Catholic Church as administered by Ordo Templi Orientis. As such, we are merely a local outcropping of an international movement comprising thousands of members in more than two dozen countries. Our work is performed with love and devotion by all volunteer staff. And I, and this is a quote, and I believe in one Gnostic and Catholic church of light, life, love, and liberty, the word of whose law is Thelema. That is from the Gnostic Catholic Creed. Our church's motto comprises five doctrinal values, light, the ineffable and sublimely joyous fabric of reality, illuminating the world, both universal and absolutely personal. Satan was the illuminator. Life, the eternal, incorruptible self that is in each person, bodily life and death are both the pulse of this deeper life. Love, no sweet, sentimental love that finds comfort in sameness, but the vigorous love that affirms difference and seeks to unite itself with it. Liberty, 
the ultimate freedom to be yourself and to and the strictest bond to do nothing but law there is no law beyond do what thou wilt of course these values are made meaningful through the hard work and caring fellowship of our community and there's all these pictures they have of people unique ones probably some purple haired there's a couple green haired not making a judgment just kind of looks transgenderish to me you see i didn't we understand that crowley who is an occultist developed the church of thelema and it was through his relationship through a demon or whatever you want to call it that he wrote the book of thelema and it's there that we find the Gnostic Catholic Church making its union with Thelema in Portland, Oregon. I've talked a lot about this in the sense of what we're witnessing right now. There's a great deal, this is a time of blending and deception. And it's essential that we keep our eyes open and understand very much what our enemy is doing. This is a very powerful movement. Don't discount it. And don't discount how big this occult movement is across the globe. I've said this before. If you really want to appreciate how powerful they are, they rule the financial institutions. They rule the medical institutions. They rule the central banks. They rule the media. They rule the education system. And so when I hear people kind of scoff off at the occult, you're making the wrong assumption. They're deeply embedded and they're very active and they're using their powers derived ultimately from the origins of occult practice and satanic and demonic worship to manifest things in this reality. One of the important principles of all the occult is that they begin their understanding of things in the spiritual and move it into the physical. Christians go just the opposite way. We don't put emphasis on the spiritual first. We put emphasis on our physical first, which means things like what type of garbage do we need to buy today? What type of things do I need to buy to fulfill myself and fulfill my empty soul? So I'm going to spend the day shopping. That's literally what the majority of Americans do. The occultists start truly with a worship. And in discipline of worship, the occultists are far more disciplined than the people of other faiths. They're rigid, they're deeply disciplined into their worship. And these sorts of entry points like Sekhmet Mat Sanctuary are very attractive because it doesn't require accountability. They don't say you have to repent. You can just do what thou will. And that is the law. So that is an easy perversion. And it also justifies everything that you're currently witnessing. Why would you then tear down the police? Why would you release prisoners? Why would you be able to burn down cities? Why can you have, why can you throw stones at somebody else? Because you're doing this in the name of individual liberty and love. That's what they'll tell you. So because MAGA represents an existential threat, because at the core of MAGA, there is goodness through the Holy Spirit. Not because of MAGA, but because the people that make up MAGA to a large degree, put their faith and love in God. 
So MAGA becomes a target and a justifiable target by anybody really following, following Thelema. And at the core of all these segment mot sanctuaries, this sort of concept here, which now has taken on the alliance with the Gnostic Catholic Church, which I'm, that in itself is phenomenal to me because it opens up the deep well of what, in fact, we're dealing with when we talk about the darker parts of the Catholic Church. These get into secret societies. They get into all sorts of things. So they have, if you were to look up, for example, the the Ecclesia Gnostic Catholica or Gnostic Catholic Church is an agnostic church organization. And notice that they use the term Ecclesia. If you understand Ecclesia, Ecclesia is not, is the principle of the church becomes the connector in the community. It's always doing good works. So they openly align with the confessions of Aleister Crowley. About a Gnostic mass, Crowley wrote in the confessions of Aleister Crowley, the ritual of the Gnostic Catholic Church I prepared for the use of the OTO, the, uh, the ceremony, central ceremony of the public and private celebration corresponding to the mass of the Roman Catholic Church. The chief function of the Ecclesia Gnostic Catholica is the public and private performance of the Gnostic Mass. A Eucharistic ritual written by Crowley in 1913. According to William Bernard Crow, Crowley wrote the Gnostic Mass under the influence of the liturgy of St. Basil of the Russian Church. Its structure also influenced by the initiatory rituals of the Ordo Templi Orientis. Its most notable separation from similar rites of other churches in the priestess officiating with a priest, deacon, or and two children, in addition to the Eucharist, baptism, confirmation, marriage, and the last rites are offered by EGC marriage is not limited to couples of opposite gender. The Ecclesia Gnostic Catholica has a hierarchical structure of clergy assisting officers and laity, which parallels the degree of structure of the OTO initiatory system, which is the Ordo Templi Orionatus. The Ordo Templi Orionatus is an occult initiatory organization founded at the beginning of the 20th century. The origins of the OTO can be traced back to German-speaking occultists Karl Kellner, Heinrich Klein, Franz Hartmann, and Theodore Roos. Patriots, the occult is very powerful in this world. It's very prevalent and it's very pervasive. And it's very important to start paying attention to the many places which it is and how it works. As we're starting to see here, when we start to see these temples and they are pervasive all over, we are understanding very clearly the depth of the corruption that exists around us truly in plain sight. Now, one of the things that I, and I played this last night, and I'm going to see if I can find it here, because there is a really important piece about the obelisks, which are all part of the same belief system, because it deals with phallus symbols and Egyptian origins. 
So take a listen to this. What do London, Vatican City, and Washington, D.C. all have in common? Well, quite a few things, actually. These are different branches of control for the world elite to enforce a one-world new world order. London is the world financial center, Vatican City is for world religion, and Washington, D.C. is for the military. You can also see each entity has an Egyptian obelisk within their centers. This actually is the sexual organ of the false Egyptian god Osiris. In Washington, D.C. and Vatican City, they also have a dome close by, which represents the pregnant stomach of Isis, another Egyptian false god. When ceremonies are done at the Capitol building or Vatican City, the occultists who have worked their way into the systems believe that they are calling forth Apollo to be resurrected. That's why the presidential inauguration and announcing of the new pope are done by these two structures. It's to enact a type of ritual in which their goal is to have Apollo birthed through the obelisk and pregnant stomach dome. The occultists in control are hoping to fulfill Revelation 9-11 which states, And they had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek he has the name Apollyon, or Apollo. This worship is everywhere. And the problem is, with as we've been lulled to a deep sleep and not aware of it, we are being complicit in being part of it. Holidays are, are constructed around the occult, and we celebrate them even though we claim celebration of them for other purposes, we're contributing to their celebration because we're participating in their occult worship indirectly. Now, this is the part that, and this is going to get into the, the occultist belief, but it, I'm telling you, as we always say, you're going to have to pay attention to your enemy to appreciate a depth of what God gave us in Scripture. In the, in the spiritual realm of the occult, it works under the principles of cosmic law, that as we agree to do things, whether by intention or by, by just simply not knowing but participating, our free will gives demonic spirits an ability to enter, influence, and influence our lives. This is at the core of deliverance work. Because the deliverance work seeks to work with people and to break those contracts and set them free through the love of Jesus and the contract given to us, which seals out our sin from anybody through the blood of the cross. But the blanket forgiveness of sin doesn't just take away the hooks that are put into us in this principle way of looking at things through just because we are we repent, the process of deliverance work is to find out where those contracts were actually developed. These are spiritual or, con or cosmic contracts that have been done because we have sinned. And when you start to frame the concept of repentance and sin under this design, you start to develop a deep appreciation for why repentance is so absolutely critical in importance and why the, why the accepting of Jesus into our hearts is even of greater importance because it's literally re, we are being reborn within the body of Christ. We are being given the blessing of having all sins forgiven and through the blood of the cross as we move through to, un, to identify where demonic influences may be, we have the authority to repent, renounce any activity, and rebuke any influence. And we can do that functionally through prayer 
and break the hold or bond of any demonic force. Now, the thing to keep in mind is God does not deliver children in this world as evil. And I think this is a very important point. God doesn't make evil children. Evil children are made in this in earth, whether it's by virtue of ritualistic sacrifice and abuse or whether it's by virtue of living in an abusive home or just being early, very early corrupted and influenced by all the influence in bad ways. Ultimately, it's a demonic influence that is a corrupting them, them as a physical being and leading them into inappropriate and sometimes horrifically inappropriate paths. That's the principle ultimately of saving somebody because we're trying to separate them from these dark spiritual influences that have taken hold to bring them back into the love and light that Christ gave us so that they have an, a way into the kingdom. And that means that everybody in this world that is of God is created in the image of God and therefore created as beautiful people. That doesn't mean we're all going to get along, sit around, sing Kumbaya, and, and eat apple pie with ice cream. But it does mean that we aren't designed to be evil. And this is where the occult does great work. That's not a compliment. That's just a reality. Because they drive forward constantly and by seeding their belief systems in and around everything. If you were unknowing to what the Gnostic Catholic Church was, and you simply read Gnostic Catholic Church, and you'd say, oh, wow, this must be kind of a, a Christian-friendly organization, Sekmat Sanctuary. They do this. This is the deception of what they do, constantly drawing people in. It sounds very appealing when you say to somebody, do what thou wilt, do what thou wilt shall be the law of the land. That sounds very attractive. That means I can simply express myself and do as my desires and passions are. And you're not accountable to anybody but yourself. That's the first step in becoming the belief that you are a God. This is complete blasphemy. It's heretic. All of this. And by the way, I said I don't call out churches for heretic unless I meet with them. I'm going to call this one out because this isn't a church. This isn't of God. This is of Satan. So I get to call it out. And if I do see them, I'll tell them the same thing. So we have to start paying attention to what's around our communities and what's around our lives. And this one's sitting there right in plain sight, literally. It's in Portland. And if we aren't paying attention to what the inner workings are and the details of what they're representing, it's easy to find that corruption within our lives. But our function, literally, we have to work. We are in an architecture that has built around the satanic. I would encourage you, if you haven't, if you listen to it, but I'd encourage you again to go back and listen to the four-hour piece that Brad Cummings and I did last week where this, we delve into, and it's his research, we go into the plagues and how God used the plagues to tear down and destroy the false gods of Egypt. And yet, we're here again with those false gods as active and as prevalent as before. They're just around the perimeters. They're in and around everything. And instead of being the single point of focus, people are accepting them and bringing them into their daily lives. As we do that, contracts are made, whether you realize it or not. Because in a cosmic law, once that's done, that's a sin. We may not see it as such, but see, we always work from a mortal point of view. 
We're not seeking to work from a spiritual point of view. And if we were seeking to work in the spiritual plane first, in our way we see things, that is the plane where we are ultimately accountable. But instead, we walk in this meat ground plane and we say, oh, I made a, I need to go to heaven again. I need to pray for forgiveness. Instead of realizing that we're walking here not of this earth, but experiencing this earth. And in so doing, we have rules that we are intended to follow because we are, we are truly greater than all of this. The best that this is ever going to be for these people following these sort of satanic world religions is what you see around us. They feed and breed on this whole concept of do what thou wilt. And that leads to Antifa. That leads to BLM. That leads to abortion. That leads to transgenderism. It leads to a complete chaotic, distrustful world that ultimately has nothing more than woven and sown pain where suicide and murder and disabilities caused by injections are all normal. And they accept that normal because that is also ultimately the principle of do what thou wilt. And as much as they'll try to say that you're trying to achieve your greater thing, your greater experience, let me tell you, UBIs, universal basic incomes, as this is completely centered on that principle. It is that you don't have to work anymore. Do what thou wilt, and we shall provide you with a base income to do just that, even though we'll manage your costs for you. We'll ensure you have a house, but we will set the price. You'll have food, but we will grow it and engineer it the way we want it. You'll have internet, but you're going to have to work that internet by participating in a meta world, which by definition means death. This is what do what thou wilt leads to. In the world where we are, it is when we speak of liberty, we're speaking through liberty through love, the relationship in the one true and only God, the God of hosts, and the sacrifice made by Christ and the blood on the cross, which means we have repented of our sins. We have put those before the cross. And we are now walking with accountability in everything that we do within the framework of heaven, which is ultimately some very fundamental issues, which we seem to quickly and easily forget, which is to repent, which is to accept Christ, which is to walk truly with love in our hearts for infinite love to forgive to be humble and to live fearlessly fear is not part of our world and as much as these other people can will try to tell you fear is not part of their world the darker and deeper you go into these rabbit holes of these things like sekmat sanctuary there is no possible way they cannot arrive at the core of what occultism always does because the power of occultism derives its strength and power through blood ritual because in the cosmic order of things, all things are paid in blood. Hence, Christ's sacrifice on the cross was paid in blood to ensure that all those that accepted him would be forgiven for their sins and thus have an entry into heaven. Look at it like this. You're living in a maze run by insane Luciferians that are psychopaths that like to eat flesh 
drink blood, and murder innocent children to gain power. In this maze, they're constantly changing the, the way the maze works. The one pathway suddenly closes, and the ex, every exit you think you have, you're never going to find because they're constantly doing some new sacrifice to change the form of the maze. Jesus gives us a pathway out, and no matter how many ways that maze changes, eyes on Jesus, we will always have our pathway out through, directly through him because it's through him that the maze ceases to have any control over us, that all of our sins are forgiven and our armor remains strong. So the whole point of tonight is to just kind of open the discussion and your eyes to the range and the true presence that occultism and this sort of dark influence of Aleister Crowley is literally everywhere. This is very innocuous. And the only reason I found this is that when we discovered Last week in the discussion of Thelema and the works of Thelema, which were heavy influences on the occult, I just typed in Thelema and Portland, Oregon. And to my surprise, and even to the surprise of Pastor Dave and his wife, Cheryl, this sanctuary popped up. There's one in San Francisco. There's one in, in Sacramento. The, the, the Thelema cults are everywhere. And they're all rooted in Aleister Crowley's occultism which ultimately, like I said, no matter how much they want to polish this on Wikipedia and make you feel like it's just a wonderful, lovely little th way of thinking about yourself, this all ultimately leads to the one thing which is pre prevalent in all the Egyptian worship, which is prevalent in all the occult, which is prevalent in all the satanic rituals, it's blood sacrifice. It's here. It's all around you. It's woven into our culture. And even... As we look, and we're going to be honest, it's in your schools where your kids go to school. Our answer to all of this is to live in a godly way. And that means in the principal issues, accept Jesus and repent. That's fundamental. And unfortunately, that's become so disparaged as a term thanks to some really crazy movements in the 70s about reborns and some off-the-chain craziness in, the, in our churches themselves, probably infected by satanic demons anyway. But the principal issue is that in this world, our strength rests in the ability to walk with ourself reborn in Christ and to literally repent to truly break the bonds and the chains of the demonic realm. Consider it like this, and this is where people get tripped up. They'll say, why does God do this to me? God doesn't do anything bad to you. We don't have an evil God. But what happens is that we're, we are all under attack by demonic forces because Satan hates us as, because he hates God and he hates God's creation. So we have walked into this world in a constant spiritual war. It's around us everywhere. Every, if we could see it truly as it is, most people would probably have a heart attack and end up on a ventilator. And then you'd have trouble anyway. And then you'd probably get a shot, and who knows what would happen. I'm serious. Our world is just rabid, rabid with this. But we see our world first through the physical. In the occult, they see their world first through the spiritual. So as they use that, they understand very well what they're trying to invoke on people's lives, and they mock Christians because they understand something. They know very well that Christians have the greatest and most powerful force they could ever have. It's Jesus. 
and they mock them because they know Christians are so brainwashed that they don't even invoke it or, or use it. In fact, they ignore it until it becomes convenient to have to use it to pay a bill or worry about the mortgage or whatever. We are spiritual beings first. And when we start to reset into that mindset, we understand the war that we're facing. And the war is truly spiritual and demonic. And it's our job to keep that strength around us through the the acceptance of Jesus and the blood of the cross to heal those wounds, to seal our armor and remain on the offensive against this evil to set others free as we keep ourselves free. Let's pray. Father, as we as we humble ourselves by our choice and free will before you tonight, we hear our heart. This world that has become so deeply corrupted with the satanic values and virtues that have skewed people's understanding of what true love and the true power of the kingdom is. We just pray for eyes to see, that more that each of us can see clearly what these influences are, that we can then use that as tools of truth in this war to open others to realize what the influences of darkness look like so that it's easier to find our way to the glory and joy of the kingdom. Father, we just pray for a continued strength in all that we do to strengthen our resolve, to strengthen our heart, and strengthen our pursuit in the love of Jesus and the love of you. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Lots to process and consider, but the occult is real. And it's everywhere. It's not advertised like the big signage for churches to draw people in. It sits inside people's front rooms. I spoke with a pastor who was from Redding, California. And his comment was that he always knew that there were occultists around, but he always thought that they were south of Redding. So he was recently, in the last two months, he was having some people clear his backyard. He had big piles of leaves. And underneath the leaves, they found, they came to him and they said, what is this? And it was a bundle of bones that was wrapped in a particular way. That's part of a curse for the occult and the Satanist. And as he talked to his other pastor friend that lived across the street, he learned that they had to evict somebody at the end of the street in this small community because of the craziness that they were doing in their condo. What did they find inside the condo? They found the pentagram. They found the candles, the 666. They found the worship altars. They found the blood. Patriots, this is very real. This is not something, and this was a quiet little community, and his, even his words to me were, I never realized how close it was. It's everywhere. So keep your armor up. Keep yourself strong in that walk of Jesus. Keep your repentance there before you. Repent as a regular cycle, not as something to tell yourself you're unworthy. Look at this as a strengthening of your armor so that you stand back tall again in this walk. This is a mighty fight we are in. You may not see it all, but you're constantly being attacked, and they're probing your defenses. As long as your defenses are bold and powerful, with the love of Jesus and the blood of the cross, you are safe and greater than that. You, you carry the power of the kingdom in this fight. Use it. Invoke it. Pray on it. These are powerful times. 
to where we can truly reset what was taken. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then, or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs, and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light 
and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one. To win at any cost. But we will never bow. For we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.